Jeffrey Kleintop is with us, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. So glad you're here because now we have the ECB 75 basis points, right? So that's now at the highest level there in more than a decade. Next week, 75 basis points from the Fed. I mean, is that what you're guessing here? And then what? Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, the, the last uh, few weeks I've been on the show with you, I've had a lot of maybe negative news to share, but I want to share some positives. You just had a great conversation before the break about how so much depends on the Fed. I think central banks might be nearing a peak in hawkishness. You know, today the ECB delivered an unexpected 75 basis point rate hike, but avoided giving a specific signal on their next move in December, and officials weren't unanimous on the 75 basis point move, suggesting a smaller move might be coming in December. Yesterday, the Bank of Canada surprised with a downshift from 75 to 50 basis points, and they're not alone. Given the sheer volume of rate hikes from around the world, it might have been easy to miss some signs that global central bank hawkishness might be nearing a peak. I've got a chart here of just showing the number of central banks hiking each month, and it's slowed quite a bit here in October. You know, some of the some of the banks that were quickest to hike a year ago are now done. The Central Bank of Brazil, one of the biggest emerging market economies, they stopped hiking rates. We heard that from Poland, uh, they've, they've halted. Norway, a group of 10 central bank signaled they might be close to their final rate hike after they did 50 basis points last month. Australia surprised with a dialed back rate hike of just 25 basis points in October. And uh, we may be nearing this peak here. So I think there might be some good news given the incredible focus on this tightening of financial conditions around major central banks. I know we're focused on the Fed. Yes, we're likely to get 75 basis points ahead, but the rest of the world's starting to slow down, and that might be a signal that the Fed is on the cusp of doing so too. Yeah, and I think that's really exciting because we've seen several 75 basis point hikes, which you don't see. That's really um, unusual, right, or somewhat unprecedented in recent right. times. So, I, you know, to have maybe somewhat of a, a pause or a slowdown in the, in the pace of these rate hikes could be very interesting, could make a big difference. But the Fed cannot miss on tackling inflation. They have to balance financial stability but they cannot miss. They have to tackle inflation now. I don't know. I mean, if they take a, if they do 50 in December, I mean, are they going to go back to 75 again if they mess this up? Yeah, I hope not, right? And we we saw that in the 70s and early 80s. The Fed would hike and then cut again and then have to hike again. And that was bad news. It created a, a whipsaw environment for investors and, and traders were just caught off guard frequently. So we don't want to see a return to that environment. I'm hopeful, given what I'm seeing in some of the rental rate inflation in the U.S. Remember, housing is key to CPI here in the U.S. and abroad. That may be starting to roll over. Remember, we base uh, inflation on rental rates and not home prices. Those may be starting to show some signs of coming down using a leading indicator of the housing component of CPI. So maybe we're starting to see a break in some of those numbers and the Fed's becoming aware of that. It'd be very interesting to see. December, you know, it's still a ways away and there's a lot going on between now and then. Perhaps if other central banks are also slowing down, if the Fed doesn't, the dollar could shoot up in such a strong way that it could really tighten financial conditions by itself, uh, causing the, the Fed to slow down. So I'm watching all this stuff very closely, but I think we're nearing, we're closer to the end of these rate hikes than the beginning, I think. Yeah, yeah. How about what went on um, with the natural gas prices in Europe? Zero. 
I mean, I couldn't believe it. And you have it right here in the notes. And I'm so glad that you put this here because I just finished talking to Mark Hammer from Bankrate about an energy crisis abroad. And that's what the IEA has been talking about. Natural gas in Europe, you said 328 euros, then went down to 20 euros. And in fact, that gas prices fell below zero. You didn't think that Incredible. would happen. What's going on here? Yeah, well, we've got full gas storage in Europe, warm weather, and a recession slowing demand. So we actually saw for a few hours on Monday, natural gas prices in Europe turned negative. Remember, this is the most scarce commodity in Europe. We were worried about a crisis crushing the economy and yet negative. It reminds me of what happened with oil back in 2020. About 900, 925 days ago, we saw the same thing happen. Storage was full. We were in a recession and demand fell, of course, because of the pandemic lockdowns, oil prices fell negative for a few days. So we're seeing the same kind of thing show up. And I think that's important to keep in mind and stay focused on. While yes, uh, Europe is not out of the uh, you know, out of the risk here of an energy problem, they've certainly dealt with it very effectively. And I think those that are still worried about a very deep recession in Europe tied to sky high energy prices need to take a look at a few charts because it's really come down. And that's wonderful news. And you know, the forecasts for Europe are for an unseasonably warm winter this year. Of course, those could be wrong, but those are the forecasts from most of the major uh, climate uh, uh, forecasters out there. And that could be really good news here as it avoids a deeper downturn in one of the world's biggest economies. Yeah, and but you know, to your point, I know that the forecasters are for something warmer. So this has been a perfect scenario for Europe. Thank goodness, you know, they're sort of through the toughest part of this. There were a lot of worries and people who could have really suffered a lot in the cold times. But it, we could see a couple of really freezing storms, and then what? So let's wait and see. How about earnings? Um, you know, what are you learning from earnings around the globe? With earnings estimates going forward, guidance. Your thoughts? Yeah, so maybe my third point here, potential good news, is that we're now at the typical quarterly peak in downward revisions to EPS. Usually it's here in this peak week of earnings, we get the peak in downward revisions. You can see on this chart, the orange line is downward revisions to, uh, uh, to multinational companies, earnings estimates by analysts. The blue line is upward revisions. We're usually at the point where those start to come back together. If they do, that could be welcome news for the stock market. I know there's a lot of worries that downward revisions are gonna continue. You know, companies are going to kind of throw in the kitchen sink and really take their estimates down. But I'm not hearing as much of that as we might have feared. Uh, businesses, you know, you just talked about Caterpillar and their very good numbers. We're getting a decent, uh, decent number of beats out there, about four or five percent uh, beating. I know numbers came down, but they're beating, and the guidance hasn't been as negative as I would have thought. We're starting to see this level off. If we start to see a reversion here. Downward estimates come down, upward revisions start to rise. That could be very good news for markets. It could be just what we need to see here, given all the recent pessimism around what, might, what this earnings season might look like. Right. Jeffrey Kleintop, it's great to see you. Of Charles Thanks, Schwab. Always wonderful to chat with you. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks.